What's good, everybody? Welcome into the Mid-State 48, where we get you ready for round three of the TWSW playoffs in 48 minutes or less. Chris Brooks here with you as usual. Let's bring in Tom and Scott. Guys, uh, how are you? Good. Good, good. All right. So let's just jump right into last week. Tom, you and I were chatting off off camera and or off recording, and uh, you brought up an interesting stat about the scores from last week. Would you mind repeating that for the folks out there? Well, yeah, as I was going through and kind of recapping the uh, the scores from round two, it just kind of – I started to notice a pattern. There were a lot of blowouts, it seemed like, and uh, after I went back and counted it up, 41 out of the 60 games played last Friday night were decided by three or more scores. Only 12 out of the 60 games were decided by one score or less. So, uh, you know, even in round one, to me, guys, it didn't look so lopsided, but uh, there were a lot of very one-sided games last week. Do you think that uh, – and there's – without going into the research just off the top of your head, do you think that's a byproduct maybe of the changes in the uh, – Redistrict, uh, redistricting uh, some schools moving up and, and things like that? I do. I really think it's affected it. And, uh, you know, we I want to go back to Class 2A. We talked about last week how, you know, Trialsdale County, Meigs County, and then uh, Marion County, Watertown, all in that one quadrant right there. You've got four teams that were all ranked in the top ten that could potentially, you know, on any given year win the state championship in Class 2A. So uh, by putting them all in that one quadrant, you know, you're weeding out two legit state title contenders and, and not to knock anybody else from other parts of the state, but uh, I just think we're seeing, you know, some really good teams playing some, eh, you know, kind of teams. And then you've got a quadrant like that that's jam-packed, and I think that's kind of a byproduct of what's happened. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I mean, you have some teams that are probably a little farther along than you would expect given that their draw is – maybe a little more favorable than others. And then you have that, that two a quadrant that is just loaded. And I think the same can be said in six a as well. And really in five a and five a, I think is the one that's probably the most, biggest log jam of the ball in the Western half. And we'll talk about that in a bit. Right. Um, let's just go ahead and bring in these brackets because we'll show you who all was left over in each of the nine classes and starting one. A, of course our, Focus is Gordon's full South Pit, and we'll get to picking that game in who you got in a little while. Um, look at these quarterfinalists, guys. I mean, you've got you've got three you got three eleven win teams. You've got twelve at Old McKenzie. You've got a couple of ten win teams, and you've got South Pit at eight and two, and Lake County at seven and three. One uh, A, I think the cream has kind of risen to the top here, don't you think? Oh yeah, yeah. I think that you know we've been saying all along. Uh, that uh, we thought that Gordonsville and uh, and South Pitt were going to be the the one uh, the one two there, uh, and boy that bottom that bottom half that bracket that's uh, that's killer. Yeah, a lot of good teams there, guys, and uh, you know that East Tennessee, Cloudland, and Coalfield, two very good teams out of East Tennessee. That's going to be an interesting matchup on the opposite side of South Pittsburgh and Gordonsville. I was a little disappointed to see that you know Clay County uh, really struggled in that game at South Pittsburgh. I think we all were kind of on board with South Pitt to win that game, especially playing at home. But you know, it's a one-loss Clay County team that only lost by a touchdown to Gordonsville, and uh, they go down there and get absolutely hammered. So. As you say, Chris, I really do think the cream has risen to the top. And, Scott, you point out the west side of that bracket. There's some really, really good teams sitting over on that west side. 
Well, you were talking about that South Pittsburgh uh, game, and I was looking over uh, that game, and uh, it's not often you can hold uh, Clay County to 22 yards on 22 carries. Uh, that was, uh, you know, that was a stat that jumped out to me that tells me that Gordon's will really going to have their hands full yeah. this week. Yeah, they will. But uh, the way that the Tigers move the football, you know, they don't necessarily have to have an outstanding game on the ground to do it. So should be an interesting night in South Pittsburgh with them at Gordonsville. And if Gordonsville was to win this and say they play Coldfield next round, they've already went to Coldfield and won that game too. So that's something to think about, you know, maybe for next week in the semifinals. Yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Check out 2A. And, of course, we mentioned that quadrant with Trousdale County Watertown, and there they are. You know, we all sat here on this show last week and said that Trousdale County Watertown would not survive <laughs> round two. We looked pretty stupid after that. So, Play the pro, anyone? We, uh, we uh, will admit when we're wrong on this show when we admit that we were wrong. So I'm, I, there you I'm, are. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm kind of getting used to, to picking the crow out of my teeth. Uh, <laughs> Uh, every week, so this that one uh, I was glad that there were others joining me at the uh, at the yeah. Crow Buffet, as it you were. were. No long, you were not alone at that table. Let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it really shocked me because, well, and and maybe we were, you know, you know, maybe we were looking at the legend of Miggs and Marion County. Uh, you know, just we're so used to seeing them on the other side of that bracket. Yeah. As being the as being the teams to beat, that uh, maybe we had a little uh, historical bias uh, in that game, but uh, you know, Westview really looks like the team come uh, coming out of that other side. Uh, I know I'm getting a little ahead of uh, where we need to be, but um, you know, but don't I, I think that uh, that side again. Whoever comes out of this side, Trouser or Watertown or Hampton or Oneida, is going to have their hands full on the other side. Yeah. Uh, nine wins only to get you in this club because, I mean, all eight quarterfinalists have at least nine wins here. Uh, Watertown, being a region champion, will host Trouser County despite having a, a record with nine and three against 10 and one. So, yeah, is that, is, uh, does that, uh, does the curse still hold? Well, we'll see. I mean, we'll it's the exact same situation that has happened the last three years where Trousdale County has gone to Watertown in the quarterfinals. So yeah. uh, we, we've got our picks all in for who you got. So when we get to that, we'll uh, we'll debate that uh, just a little bit. I just couldn't remember if it was still – if the, the curse was still alive. So. Right. I mean, yeah. everything's a lot for it to continue, but we'll see. I mean – All right. Let's, That's high uh, C orange, by the way. Let's let's check out 3A. See, I got Sierra Mist over here, which is a <laughs> sprite in a different package. Yeah. <laughs> no, sp- neither are sponsors, by the way. No, no, they're not. Um, but uh, we, we are, are listening. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Class 3A, pretty good quarterfinal coming up with White House visiting East Nashville. And then on the other side, you've got Giles County at Loudoun and Pigeon Forge at Alcoa. Uh, the White House East Nashville winner gets the winner of Covington at Dyersburg. Um, it looks like it's Alcoa's on the top half. So let's 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 look at this bottom half for a second. Yeah. Um, what do you think, guys? Well, I I think that uh, you know we'll we'll get to the East Nashville White House. I'm sure who you got, but Dyersburg to me uh, is a very very scary team. I think that they have it put together to make the run all the way. Uh, you know, 
again, you know, Alcoa being Alcoa, it would be a shock if they're not there. Yeah. But I think this Dyersburg team is going to be the giant stumbling block to anybody else on that side of the uh, bracket. Yeah, that Dyersburg team looks really tough. Guys, I was surprised uh, Smith County led Whitehouse at the half in that game. That was a very competitive football game. Not knocking Whitehouse, I think Smith County played some really good football down the stretch. But uh, I didn't expect that game to be that close. But, uh, uh, you know, Whitehouse, it's, it's a step up because East Nashville, I think they, they blanked Smith County 36 nothing in the last week of the regular season. I know we can't compare scores, but East Nashville's playing some really good football right now. And I know we're all going to look and say it's Alcoa's to – to win in that top half. And even that Loudoun-Giles County game should be really good. But keep an eye on that Giles County team. They blanked Kingston last week 45 to nothing. That's not a Kingston team to sneeze at. That was a pretty solid ball club uh, that, that they shut out last week. So uh, I don't know that anyone's going to really threaten Alcoa, but I still wouldn't be surprised if if a Loudoun or a Giles County wouldn't make things interesting for a little while in that semifinal. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, you were you talking about that Smith County game, White House game. Yeah, that shocked me that it took uh, a pass with 35 seconds left to to win that game. Even though I'd been uh, a believer in Smith County, I don't think I I didn't I don't think saw that coming. You know, so. On to Class 4A, where Pearl Cone surprised a few people as well by winning at Hardin County without Barry and Brown. They will travel to Tullahoma in that quarterfinal and face the winner of South Gibson and Haywood in the semifinals should they advance. At the top half, it's Elizabethton and Greenville and Upperman at Red Bank. Pretty solid matchups here. Yeah, I think that Red Bank-Upperman game is going to be a really, really fun game. I like I, – I like, uh, you know, Red Bank, you really put it on Macon County last week. And, you know, I think that uh, – that, they may have it put together and be playing some of their best ball. I think Upperman is going to be in, in a little bit of trouble in that game. Uh, but, uh, again, you know, that Greenville-Elizabethan matchup is going to be – who that's that's a tough one to pick right there. Well, Greenville, I think, has already beaten Elizabethan one time this year already in the regular season, and uh, mm-hmm. pretty comfortably at that, Greenville – to me, looks like the best team in 4A right now from from everything I've gathered. But, again, it's the playoffs and anything goes. Uh, Upperman, you know what? I don't get this, but Upperman seems like week after week after week, people write them off, and all they do is keep on winning. Uh, their lone loss was to Fayetteville. Of course, they're still alive in the Class 1A playoffs. Uh, Red Bank, actually, that's a common opponent for those two teams as Red Bank shut them out earlier in the season, Fayetteville, I mean. But uh, Upperman's been playing some pretty good football. I expect that to be a good matchup. And Tullahoma Pearl Cone, another rematch, guys. And, uh, Chris, again, before we came on air, you and I were talking about that. Look how well Pearl Cone played without Brown. Now you get arguably the best player on the field back. I think that makes them either more, even more dangerous in this matchup this yeah. week. Yeah, and in that first meeting, Pearl Cone, Pearl Cone fell behind 24-0, got back to within three, and fumbled on a drive that could have won it. So yeah. I don't expect them to start as slow this time against Oklahoma. This could be a far different outcome than that first game, but we'll talk about that a little later on in the show. Yeah, so, uh, go ahead, not, Chris. No, 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 you're fine. Go, go. Right. Switching over 5A, um, Green Hill and Page in a quarterfinal. That could produce a lot of fireworks. And Sprint, Henry County at Springfield in a game that may not produce any fireworks. <laughs> if we're talking offensively. If, if we're looking at the last game, especially considering Springfield won six to three in Paris. But that's neither here nor there. That was in October. 
on the eastern half of the bracket. It's Knoxville Central at Knoxville West and Ray County at Powell. What are your thoughts about this bracket, guys? Well, you know, the, uh, looking at the bottom half of the bracket, that, you know, Spring Hill, uh, Henry County game, that's, that's really anybody's game. Uh, I think Henry County is playing, uh, you know, some of their better ball, and Springfield has been tough. Uh, it could be – I don't expect a 6-3 game, uh, but I do expect it to be very close. Likewise with the Green Hill Page game, that's going to be an interesting. Regardless of who gets into that next round, uh, it's still going to be an interesting game. It could contrast in styles. But if you're looking at upper half of that bracket, uh, Powell and Ray, uh, Ray County, uh, I really like that Ray County team. I think that they uh, that that they are playing really really good ball right now. Yeah, Ray County can score some points, guys. Uh, they uh, they lit it up with 63 last week. Now, they gave up 48. But, uh, you know, when you're scoring 63 points, I guess you could afford to do that. They're, they're playing some pretty good football. That's an interesting matchup, I think, in the eastern half of the bracket for sure. And, uh, you know, get back to that Springfield-Henry County rematch. I, I think this is a different Henry County team than we saw earlier in the season. They, they had some bumps and bruises and nicks along the way, played a tough schedule. And here they are sitting here at 7-5. and five. And uh, if, if you were basing on record alone just looking at this and realized Springfield had beaten them, you would probably write them off. But I'm telling you guys, they're, they're playing good football. That's going to be a good game. Yeah, Henry County is not a team to be written off at this point or any point thereafter mm -hmm. because the way they play and, and who they've played up to this point they played a difficult schedule too i mean they played a ton of 6a teams to beef up their their schedule and get themselves ready for the playoffs so you know springfield knows it they've already seen it once and they're not going to overlook henry county any stretch but springfield's also a difficult place to go win as well and now they get to host it this time instead of having hit the road so big change there in that rematch over in class 5a we look at 6a and it's a big mid-state flavor with six of the eight teams from our area still in 6A. The only two that aren't are Farragut and Maryville in the top half of that eastern bracket. Uh, Lebanon will host Oakland after knocking off Riverdale. Hendersonville will host Beach, and Summit will host Ravenwood in the quarterfinals. Who stands out here, or does anybody stand out here, really, in, in this in this bracket? Because this could be, this could be some fireworks coming from this particular set of playoff games. Yeah, I think on any given Friday night, that lower bracket, uh, anybody can be anybody can be beat, even even Summit if they have an off game. Uh, you know, those teams, Hendersonville and Ravenwood, uh, they can play with them in beach if they play their ball and they and and they, you know, play as, you know, their talent is capable of. Uh, they could knock them off too. So I think anybody really in that bottom bracket has a chance. Now some have better chances than others. Um, you know, the top half of the bracket, uh, you know, it, it's, it, there could be some upset there, but I mean, you know, all the, you know, betting your popcorn on anything up there is going to be Maryville, Oakland and that next round matchup, which will be at Maryville. So. I tell you what, guys, I, I was not surprised Lebanon beat Riverdale, although I did pick Riverdale. But I, just the way they played that game, and Jalen Abston had a phenomenal night, four touchdowns in the football game, and, and nice win. I think Lebanon is playing with tremendous confidence right now. They're at home. Oakland's the big favorite in this game, but I like this matchup. I, I don't think Lebanon's going to make this easy for Oakland in this quarterfinal round game. I look for that one to be a good one. 
And, uh, you know, how will people view it, though, guys, if Oakland and Maryville win on that side and, and you know, and say some, it does come out in the semifinals on the other side. Are people going to feel like that it's the championship game in the semifinals? I think Summit's a good football team. And I'm like you, Chris, I think, or, or Scott, I mean, I, I think Ravenwood could beat Summit in this round. And Hendersonville or Beach obviously have a good shot. But are people going to feel like if it's Oakland and Maryville in the semifinal, that that's going to be the true championship game? If they do, they better check themselves because Summit can play and beat anyone in this bracket. Uh, I wholeheartedly yeah. believe that. Yeah, I My totally agree about with them, that. You know, I thought they had a good chance to go pretty deep early in the year. I think they have a good chance to win it, not yeah. just go deep this time. Yeah, I'll attest to Chris's belief in the in the Spartans in that because I thought that they might struggle a little bit moving up a class, um, and I've been proved horribly, horribly wrong. Um, Chris was on the, you know, he had them at finishing no worse than third in that region. Uh, but he thought they'd be one or two. Um, but, uh, I, yeah, I agree with you, Chris. I think if it comes down to, I mean, the, the people who don't know summit. Yeah, they'll, the, I, I agree with you, Tom. They'll look at that Maryville Oakland matchup and think it's a foregone conclusion. And those people will be shocked if it's summit. And maybe even Hendersonville or, or Ravenwood uh, in that slot uh, playing either Maryville or Oakland because those teams can play. Mm -hmm. Now, one team I do want to point out is Hendersonville. I do think if they get to that semifinal, they will cause trouble for somebody because that is a talented group and they play sound defense as well. Um, they played Ravenwood very tight early in the year and – if they can get by beach and get to the semifinal, that will not be a pushover for anybody. Right. Let's turn our attention to division two and start in single a with that bracket. And they're in the semifinals at this point with three of the four teams from our area and DCA hitting the road to go to USJ for that semifinal, a couple of region champions going at it for a chance to get to Chattanooga on the other half, middle Tennessee Christian in its first semifinal ever hosting Nashville Christian. I think this is Nashville Christian DCA in the final, but I can make a case for the other side as well. I'll say y'all. I'm not disagreeing. I think Nashville Christian is as a complete a team in this, uh, in this bracket as there, as there is. But I also think the same thing about DCA, but the one team that you have to look at is USJ. They have the possibility to beat both of those teams. Um, and I know it sounds like I'm sliding Middle Tennessee Christian, and that's not not the case. I just think that Nashville Christian's a little bit more well-rounded team. And they've been there. That's the thing about Nashville Christian. They've been there. And, you know, you don't always have to have been there uh, to have, you know, have the best opportunity to move on, but you – you have a little more confidence, I think. This is new to Middle Tennessee Christian, and uh, they're a talented football team, but I, I think it'll be a tough road for them. Well, they're tough at home, I guess, as they play National Christian, but a tough opponent, certainly. Uh, yeah, USJ, keep an eye on them. I mean, that's an impressive win, both impressive wins, really. I didn't see DCA probably winning that handily over Friendship Christian in that game. I think two good football teams there, but, uh, you know, I, I'm kind of like you guys. I like DCA and Nashville Christian, but, you know, Anything could happen on Friday night. And the one thing about USJ is that they were a finalist each of the last two years as well, following the Davidson Academy in the championship game. So they might be the most experienced team of the four. 
but I still think DCA is probably a little bit better. And no, we'll see. I mean, this these are good, these are four good football teams in the semifinals here, and these should be a couple of really good games to keep up with on Friday. Yep. On to Double A. Again, a heavy Mid-State flavor. Didn't quite get an all-Mid-State semifinal as BGA lost by one score at Lausanne. But CPA gets their shot to knock Lausanne out in the semifinals. They'll head on the road to try to do that. Meanwhile, Davidson Academy will visit Lipscomb Academy in the other semifinal for a spot in Chattanooga. I think we've all thought about this being inevitable, being CPA Lipscomb Academy, but can we make a case for Lausanne or Davidson Academy here? I can make a case for Lausanne uh, quicker than I can make a case for Davidson Academy, I think. And that's not a slight to Davidson Academy. Uh, they've had a great season. Uh, they've gone pretty far. But this Lipscomb Academy team is just playing at an entirely different level. I mean, they – and not only that, but they've gone out and proven it by playing – you know, picking up Oakland and playing them to the to the bell. You know, playing CPA. Uh, you know, they have done everything that's asked of them and more to try to prepare for this. I think these kids are on a mission, and um, it would be easier for me to see Lausanne uh, beating CPA than otherwise. Yeah, I would have to agree with that. I think uh, Lipscomb Academy is just—they're tough guys. They're good. They're talented, and like you say. Scott, they're on a mission. I just think it's inevitable for them to get to the championship game. Uh, CPA, I mean, we've seen a little Jekyll and Hyde at times. you got to go on the road. Lausanne's a good football team. You know, they've got some tradition themselves. So, yeah, if I'm leading for one upset, it would have to be on the top half because I just think Lipscomb Academy is too talented to lose in this semifinal round. I tend to agree with that across the board. I do think CPA, though, should they get back to the Blue Cross Bowl, is going to reincarnate as a more difficult version than the one that lost 38 to nothing at Lipscomb in October. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I don't think it'll be anywhere near the 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 blowout that it was. Yeah, look at the AAA bracket, and a first-timer in the semifinal is Pope John Paul II, knocked off Brentwood Academy last week. They'll have to travel to Macaulay to get through Chattanooga. They're, they're hoping to make back-to-back trips to Chattanooga. <laughs> that, that's their goal here. Meanwhile, Christian Brothers will travel to NBA for the other spot in the Blue Cross Bowl on December 2nd. It looks like McCauley's game to get there, but but if if they if they were going if McCauley was going to stub their toe, this is the team they're going to stub their toe against. If you look at that top F that bracket, I think uh, there was this is the one team that could can run with them. Now, can they stop it? Can they stop them is the question. And, you know, that's going to be, uh, you know, that's going to be the question no matter who they play, though, in all honesty, from here on out. You know, is, you know, can they get turnovers? Can they take advantage of things like that? I, I like I like that Joe, Pope John Paul gives Macaulay a game here. Now, whether they come out on top, I'm not sure. Uh, the bottom game, uh, you know, NBA and Christian Brothers, a tough match, really t- tough match. And I can't tell you who would – I think that's going to be incredibly close. 
Yeah, I could see that. And uh, I, Pope John Paul, they surprised me last week. I went with Brentwood Academy in that game, and uh, they come out with another big win. It seems like anytime you count them out, they come back with another big win. So I'm not going to count them out this week, certainly against McCauley, although you got to go on the road and get it done in Chattanooga so you can get back to Chattanooga, hopefully. But uh, should be two good matchups, guys. I, I'm like Scott. I think that uh, NBA Christian Brothers game could really be a barn burner. I tend to lean on the other side of the argument with NBA. I don't think Christian Brothers gives them much of a game this week. I think NBA gets away with that one pretty quickly and punches their ticket. Their defense has played lights out. Their offense is playing at a much higher level right now. I think they saved something for the postseason that they didn't show early on, and NBA may be the favorite to get there. And I think JP2 could pull that up. So I look at that 42-35 win from McCauley over Father Ryan and think, wait a minute, there might be a weakness. And JP2 yep. might be right to exploit it. Yeah, that's, I, I agree. That was the one thing I looked at as well, and it was the fact that uh, JP uh, Pope Prep played well against uh, Brent. I know it took a, la- a last second field goal, but you know they held Brentwood Academy to twenty one, and then Macaulay gave up so many points that if it's a track meet, you know they could pull the upset. Yeah, that is a look at the brackets for. All the remaining teams in Division One and Division Two. We are back after this on the Midstate 48 Powered by 615 Preps. Stay with us. Before we get into our mailbag, wanted to go back real quick about last week's game with Paige and Nolansville. Uh, a wild one that Paige won 20 to 15. I caught up with Jake McNamara after the game and chatted with him briefly about uh, Paige's win and their advancing to the 5A quarterfinals at Green Hill. Well, pretty wild and crazy finish there for you guys. Have you ever been a part of something like that before? No, that was by far the craziest thing I've ever seen and ever been a part of. Like, we purposely did the safety so we can run out the clock, but clock showed five seconds. Supposedly there's seven, but that's unfortunate, but defense got it done. Uh, this game defensively was such a slugfest for so long. Yeah. And with, with both offenses as powerful as they are, was it surprising that you guys couldn't really get going until the second half? Yeah, it was surprising, but, I mean, we relied on a defense, and they did their job, so... Big cross the defense and offense started picking up in the second half, and that's all we could ask for. Yeah, I know it wasn't pretty, but uh, you guys are moving on to the third round. So what's, yep. the, what's the feeling like right now? It's great. I mean, first time in 22 years that Page High School has moved on to the third round, but also we can celebrate for a little, but we got to go back to work Monday because we got a big game next week on the road. Thought we'd switch it up a little bit this week and take some listener questions or some viewer questions on Instagram did a little Q and a last night and uh, got a lot of responses. I mean, a ton of responses from a lot of people couldn't even get to everybody. So we wanted to kind of go through some of these in this segment. In fact, let's go over some of the games that uh, you guys want to talk about. And I'm going to start with beach and Hendersonville. Brett means 23 asking about Hendersonville versus beach guys. Uh, let's talk about this for a minute. Now, this is another one of those region rematches that uh, Hendersonville won handily the first time, but Beach has kind of come back and played a lot better ball lately, and really especially last week with the way Andrew Page dominated offensively in their win over Clarksville. Yeah, I think their offense is coming back around from where they were earlier in the season, uh, talking about uh, the Buccaneers. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I don't know. Do we get do we get that far ahead on the <laughs> – on this one, I think at Hendersonville, as you said earlier, Chris, is uh, they're a, uh, such a well-rounded team. It's hard to find a uh, you know uh, 
a weak spot in in this game against Beach, other than the fact that familiarity breeds contempt. And, you know, it this is a rivalry game, and Beach has a lot to be playing for. Uh, you know, besides, you know, staying alive, there's a pride factor involved. You don't have to make a pick here officially since we're doing it in who you got. So well, I'll yeah. just – I'll lay that out there right now. We'll play a little ground rules with that. <laughs> I, I just didn't. I didn't want to. I didn't want to get scolded here. To the fire now. I don't know. Well, I just don't. I don't want to get scolded. I know. You, I don't know how you do it, but you can slap a hand through the internet. But <laughs> <laughs> I hope they invent one of those things because I would buy that first thing I get. <laughs> I to slap somebody through the internet. I'm all for it. Let's go. <laughs> Tom, what are your thoughts on Beach and Hendersonville? I tell you, I like this matchup, guys. I always love a rivalry game at any round of the playoffs, and that's what we're getting here. You've got a beach team that's got a sour taste in their mouths from an earlier defeat earlier this season to a rival like that. Beach has been playing some pretty good football, but as you say, you know, Hendersonville is a good, solid, well-rounded team. But, uh, you know, anytime you get this far to playoffs and you get a rivalry game, Beach is going to have some, uh, you know, they're going to have some things to watch out for. So, I don't think Hendersonville needs to take what happened earlier in the season for granted and expect this is going to be an easy win. I don't think it will be at all. I look for a good football game. Yeah, I think it's when you know the opponent on the other side, there's no chance that you take it for granted because they understand what the assignment is. And I think this is going to be a good football game as well to to have a look at. Uh, let's go another one. D.TheReal wants East Nashville versus White House. You know, this is what we didn't talk about in the last segment very much. So... Now, thoughts on the 3A quarterfinal here. Tom, why don't you take this one first? Well, I'll tell you, again, going back uh, to last week, I didn't expect White House to be in such a tough game with Smith County. And, uh, again, I don't think that's an indictment on White House. I just think it was a reflection on how really good Smith County played down the stretch. Uh, is these national team very talented? I mean, they uh, – they pretty much run through their region, a region that did include Smith County with little to no trouble. And they played some tough games early in the season, too. So this is a battle-tested East Nashville team. This is a very talented White House team. I didn't at the beginning of the season see White House being as good as they've been this year. It just seems like maybe to me they're a little ahead of schedule. But uh, um, I like this game. I had a lot of trouble in picks, and we'll talk about that later. But uh, I just look for this to be a good competitive football game and uh, two very good teams. Yeah, I, I was a little concerned with the uh, the physicality, uh, with how close Smith County uh, kept that game, uh, being such a physical team, um, you know, with White House last week. And I looked, you know, when I when I look at White House, I see a lot of Waverly in in White House's offense. I see a lot of Jacob Dooley and and Rain and Blackburn and vice versa. And then I look at what. Uh, East Nashville did to Waverly last week, and it you know there, there's a lot to be concerned here if you're White House about how you can stop the running game of East Nashville, and uh, you know so that's to me going to be the big question. As it's not a it's not a gimme by any means, but I think East Nashville right now is playing some of their best ball, uh, and I think that uh, they're going to be a hard team to stop. Yeah, you look at a player like a Marion Ford who ran for 296 and, and that win last week over Waverly. He had such a big night. It's going to be stopping him for White House against stopping the duo of Rain and Blackburn and Reese McAfee for East Nashville. And now, Reese McAfee is one we can't forget here because he kind of adds another dimension to that backfield. 
Yeah, and, and Chris, you know, we talk about the offense, but the defense on on East Nashville, too, is no slouch. I think they've had, uh, what, three shutouts in the last five games. Uh, they had four of the last eight. They held Riverdale to 20 points. So, you know, their defense is nothing to slouch at, too. Let's see. Let's pull DCA and USJ up here. Official trend of the underscore. Ask what gets the win for DCA against USJ. Well, for me, it's defense. Uh, the mm-hmm. side of the ball for DCA has been outstanding all almost all year long. Their lone blemish was a road loss at, at Silverdale, who is who is a really good double A team. And you know, I, I kind of tend to throw that game out when I talk about DCA because they had a bad night there, but they haven't had many bad nights all year. Now it seemed like a you know it, it was an early game and maybe a, a a loss of focus game or or something of that nature. You know you're going to trip. You know good teams often trip somewhere along the line. Now do, does it always cost them win? No, that one it looks like it may have. I think the DCA. You know so much is made of the offense, but Chris, I think you hit it right on the head. Their defense is really something to write home about, uh, and that is what's been carrying them. DCA too. I mean, yeah, the offense has been outstanding. But I mean, I look at I look at a team like DCA. They've been to this point before. I mean, they've they've been to the semifinals last year. They were one step away from getting to the Blue Cross Bowl. And it's a hungry bunch. Mm. When when Davidson Academy left for for Double A, everybody was salivating. But this DCA group really took it to another level. And they've had they had punishing practices early on in the year. They're a very physical team, even though it's a small roster. Now, Tom, you got to see them like during training camp, basically. Yeah. And it was it was a physical bunch. Right they are. They're a very physical bunch. And, and I think it, I always go back to defense wins championships, and I thoroughly believe that in, in on any level of football. They are physical. And uh, I, I've not seen and not too familiar with USJ. I know they've been on the doorstep of winning a championship themselves, so the hunger goes on both sides of the ball in this football game for sure. But uh, if it comes down to just overall physicality, from what I've seen from DCA, I really like it. And I wondered, Chris, last year, you know, you talked about how good they were last year, DCA, and how they were making a run. I wonder if the if the emotion just ran out because of the tornado and, and all that they had last year. If, the, if that didn't sap some of that strength late, this year they've had a whole year to get, you know, to do things the right way, and I don't know. I don't know necessarily that it was that as it was the competition they played because, I mean, yeah. if I remember correctly, it was USJ that they played in the semifinal last year Yep, uh, for a chance to get the Blue Cross Bowl. So, you know, there's a revenge factor here as well Oh for, yeah, for, for DCA. And, I mean, they're, they're not happy about that loss last year, and, and they have the team <laughs> that can knock them out. So, and offensively, they're not one-dimensional. You've got Ashton mm-hmm. Jones, a sophomore, carrying the mail for them this year in that John Lewis role that they had one year ago. And if you try to stop him, that you got Bradford Gaines that can throw it deep and guys like Dayton Sneed and Nathan Magli can come bring it in. And they've made some highlight real catches. This DCA team is as well-rounded as it gets. And it's going to be – they're going to have their hands full with USJ trying to slow this offense down. But look at the other side of that bracket. Schmitty 86 wants thoughts on NCS versus MTCS, National Christian at Middle Tennessee Christian. Another – Kind of similar, really, when you think about these two semifinals in Division II single A and the way that each team operates. Because Nashville Christian, uh, a very defensive-minded group, kind of like DCA, they played that really close game three weeks ago. 
Um, Middle Tennessee Christian has that they want to run out a lot of tight formations, but they can throw it down the field with Aiden Hooper at quarterback. This is kind of one of those things where unstoppable force, movable object, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, I, you know, I, 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 I was going to say, you know, we've talked about Cooper since the beginning of the season with the MTCS, and uh, this is the time you need your quarterback to shine the brightest, and he, he certainly has got uh, the arsenal and he's got the ability to do so. But, again, I go back to defense. I always like to emphasize defense because, you know, when you've got a good defense and physicality and things that Nashville Christian bring to the table, it makes it tough on an offense. And, um, you know, you get into these uh, later November games, the weather's a little bit cooler, those hits hurt a little bit more, guys. And uh, that's why I think always the physical ball clubs always seem to do better this time of year. Yeah, I think Nashville Christian has uh... – uh, a little something uh, as far as special teams go. Uh, they, you know, they have a lot of team speed. I think that uh, it wouldn't surprise me if the difference of the game isn't made on uh, with the special teams. Um, because I think both offenses have the ability to score. Josh Strickland, uh, he's, he's a, He's a great back, but, you know, Hooper's a great leader at quarterback for Milton C. Christian. So I think that this is going to be a high-scoring game, but I think that, uh, you know, and it's going to come down to an intangible somewhere. Yep. Got one more we want to pull in, and I hate that we can't get to all of them this week, but uh, let's uh, – Matthew G. Williams wants Ravenwood versus Summit, so let's discuss that one real quick. It's our spotlight game of the week. It's a rematch of a region game from earlier this year, Scott, that you covered that wound up being one-sided. But, you know, as, as these rematches go, they tend to be a little bit better. Yeah, I, I think, though, in this particular game, Ravenwood uh, this is another one of those uh, revenge games uh, for, you know, whomever lost in the season. And I think Ravenwood's going to come out a little bit different than they did against Summit. I think they're going to, you know, they're going to put it, uh, it a much better game plan together. They're going to, you know, be much more disciplined than they were against Summit. Now, that being said, Summit's got to understand that that's going to be that way too. And you've not, you know, nobody has been, everybody knows that Destin Wade is the weapon on offense and nobody's been able to stop him. Big difference between knowing what's coming and stopping what's coming. And now they, and now Keaton is getting more involved in the offense. He's catching balls out of the backfield. He's running the ball more. Oh, okay. So we have another behemoth coming out of the backfield that we have to prepare for, but don't forget about Brady Pierce, Brady Pierce uh, for summit could be an X factor in this game. Um, you know, he always seems to come up with the big catch or the big interception when the game is on the line. And I think that when it comes down to it, it's going to be whose defense performs better here. And, you know, you've got a, a pretty good defense on both sides. Yeah. Yeah. If you hadn't mentioned Pierce, I was going to because he would be a lot of teams' best player. Mm, yes, absolutely. And, yeah, I'm like you, Scott. It comes down to the defensive for me. Who can get the key stop? It isn't always about stopping them every time down the field. It's stopping them when you need some momentum, when you need to stop to stay in the game. Just when you get that key stop to flip the script. That's what it's going to come down to for me. 
That is all we've got for the mailbag this week. And I want to thank everybody for sending in those questions about round three. A lot of good responses and a lot of excitement. Glad to hear all of that. So it's time to pick some winners for this week, and we will do that right after this. Who you got is up next. This is the Mid-State 48 powered by 615 Preps, so stay with us. Back here in the Mid-State 48, it is that time of the week again where we tried to do our best and pick these winners. Who you got? Take a look at the standings with just a couple weeks left. I mean, Tom has been out front most of the year. He's been able to keep the fans at bay. Got a two-game lead and all that jazz. And uh, five, I, five told you so picks. Reggie, add, Reggie added week. another one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Reggie added another one this week. He got Lebanon over Riverdale while we all took the Warriors. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Surprise, surprise. All right, let's look at last week real quick to remind everybody of our picks. And Re- Reggie did get that that told you so, but he didn't do so hot with the rest of the picks. He <laughs> he had a couple of a couple of losses there with Joe Burns and Columbia. Yeah, and I'm feeling him on the Columbia. Yeah, you know, the top half of this film was mostly mostly right picks, including the fans who went five for five there. Bottom yeah. half though, there's a little bit more red. Scott, you and I had Pope over over BA. Reggie had Levin over Riverdale. We were all split on Page and Nolensville. Ended up being a closer game than I think than some people thought. Well, including me. And I had Page. Yeah. All right. So let's get into this week's picks. Starting with Gordonsville and South Pittsburgh and Scott, you and Tom have South Pittsburgh. The rest of us are taking Gordonsville. Tom, you want to take uh, reason well, here? Uh, gosh, you know, guys, I think these two teams have met 17 times in the playoffs, and I don't have my history right in front of me, but I'm talking about going back somewhere in the mid-'80s, I think. And, uh, you know, there have been some epic playoff battles between these two. But South Pittsburgh has really controlled this series in recent years, particularly when they play at South Pittsburgh. That's a tough, tough place to play. And, uh, you know, it's going to – Gordonsville's going to need to be, A, on their best game defensively against the South Pittsburgh offense. B, Matthew Albritt needs to have a stellar game, and he needs to take care of the football. Gordonsville cannot afford to turn the football over. And um, – they need to establish the run, I think, as best they can, keep the ball away from South Pittsburgh. I just don't know that they can do it, guys. I've got to take South Pittsburgh at home. But uh, I wouldn't be shocked if Gordonsville wins. I'll just put it that way. Going to play devil's advocate here. And the two, two of the things that you mentioned, Tom, are two of the things Gordonsville does very well. They play good defense, and they take care of the football. And the way that their passing game works is an extension of the running game. They don't necessarily have to hand it off in the traditional sense. They can throw it out three yards and let their receivers go get yardage, and that's how they've done it all year. They've been great on the road with the exception of the one loss at Trousdale County where they still played very well. So this isn't going to phase them one bit going into South Pittsburgh. I like them to go in and get that win and get over that hurdle that's hurt them so many times the last few years. Yeah, my my reasoning here is just uh, when you look at it, they average seven yards a play against Clay County. And 
one person. You talk about protecting the ball. Well, they have a running back. It's a Mr. Football semifinalist, DeAndre Kelly, uh, who who absolutely can you know he he can definitely run that thing. And I think if he can get on the uh, if they can get out ahead and hand him the ball, it may take uh, a while for Gordonsville's offense to see the field. So. Yeah. Trousdale County, I, Watertown. We um, we're split again. Same way. You you two have <laughs> Trousdale County. The rest of us have Watertown. Uh, I like, and you know, yeah. Part of me is, uh, you know, wondering about, you know, when does the curse end? How does it end? <laughs> you know, but truthfully, in this one, Bryson Claiborne to me is, I think, the difference maker. Here, uh, you know, I'll he kind of took charge at uh against Meigs County, and you know, likewise, Braden Casino did for Watertown. But I think that Trousdale's defense actually shows up in this game. Um, I, I think that uh, uh, Coach Satterfield has his guys ready, uh, for this week. I like to think that I might have the Midas touch in the playoffs because I told you JP2 was going to beat Brentwood Academy last week. And they did. Watertown's in the same situation. Trousdale County's been their tormentor in the playoffs the last three years. And I look at that regular season meeting. They beat Trousdale by 10. In the past three years, those regular season meetings have been closer than 10 points. That's a red flag for me. I I went back and forth on this game about 57 times today. But I landed on Watertown because that red flag sticks out to me. Well, guys, I, I'm I, not shocked the trials to wins, but you know, I, Watertown's got to get over the hump at some point. I, I agree, and I, I'm like you, Chris. I went back and forth and back and forth. Watertown started slow. I think they've won eight straight, and they were impressive. They went to the Creek Bank, no less, and, and beat Trousdale County by 10. But this has been the season that Trousdale County has targeted as their best chance to win a state championship. I honestly didn't expect them to go to Megs and win last week. I, I thought that would be the end of their run. They surprised me there. And uh, Watertown, though, the one thing that really makes it hard for me to pick against them is how well their defense has played all year. Josh Hackett, the defensive coordinator, has really dialed it up. And I've talked to several coaches who face that defense. And just uh, what they're able to do really throws offenses for a loop. But that being said, I think Trousdale County's built for this time of year. And they, for whatever reason, have had Watertown's number in the playoffs. And I just had to go Trousdale County. And, again, just like you, I won't be surprised if Watertown wins. But, to me, I just had to go with Trousdale County, just my gut instinct. It's one of those games that's so hard to pick for a lot of different reasons. And that, that's an indication if you think it's going to be a good game. So, yeah. White House at East Nashville. Reggie likes White House. Good for him. We all like East Nashville. <laughs> We're going to rapid fire with this stuff now. Procona, Tullahoma. Scott, you've got Tullahoma. Give me a reason why. Well, I just think that uh, Tullahoma's defense uh, is uh, outstanding. I think that uh, uh, they have a real good shot of, uh, I think, you know, they can turn Pearl over. And I think that um, I'm not, I'm still not sold on Pearl's offensive line. I'll, and take I the think, other side. I'll take the other side of it. Pearl's not falling behind 24 nothing again. They're not. Tullahoma's had a great year, but it ends here because Pearl will finally figure it out offensively. They don't need to have Barry and Brown to be a winning football team, but now they've got him. He's going to be 100%. Look out. 
Page at Green Hill. We're split. All three of us have Green Hill. <laughs> Tom, you and I are on Page. Yeah, you take I tell you, I, I, I've loved Green Hill all year, guys. I just, uh, I love what they've been able to do this season. I think they've far exceeded any expectations most people had at the beginning of the year. But it's midnight, Cinderella, and I just think Paige is playing really good football. Uh, You know, I knew they were going to be in for a tough test with Nolansville last week, and uh, they come out with a gritty win in that game. And I just think right now Paige is playing really good football. Green Hill, they've been flying by the seat of their pants just a bit in the playoffs. They've won the last two games. But uh, in this matchup, I just don't like them. I just feel like Paige is going to be the better team on Friday night. Scott, take the Green Hill side. Well, I'm not going to. I'm not going to take the Green Hill side. I called in a ringer. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Um, I talked to I talked to uh, Green Hills, uh, 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 Christian Capozzi today, and we oh. talked a little bit about the game. And uh, you know, he he, you know, he's right in worrying about uh, uh, Cade McNamara and all that. But I think that. Uh, uh, Caleb Carver is the X factor in this game. I think that uh, I, I think that they also discovered a new uh, a new uh, part to their to their game with uh, their quarterback running the ball like he did last week. And so I think that there's a few more wrinkles that Green Hills got, and I think their defense can do it. I think it's going to be a close game, and I did go back and forth on it. But I just like Green Hill to keep it rolling. I'll add one more on that. Uh, the team that kicks it away from Caleb Carver will beat Green Hill. <laughs> and Paige can do that. So that's that's why I eventually landed on Paige. Speaking of Paige, let's turn to page two. Uh, next up, Henry County at Springfield. Tom, you got Henry County. I do. And, uh, you know, rematch. We talked about this earlier. And I like the way Henry County's playing football right now. Uh, they're battle-tested. This is a good team. They've been there before. Uh, Springfield's got talent, no doubt about it. But I like Henry County. I just think they're the, the hot team right now, and I expect them to pull the upset. Okay, now I get to use the Built for November excuse here because I'm <laughs> going with Springfield just for that reason alone. They're built for November because they run the ball, play solid defense, and don't turn it over. They did it against Henry County, and their defense has been playing very, very well the last six weeks. That's why I've got Springfield. Oakland at Lebanon. We all have the Patriots in this one. Show of hands if you think Lebanon can pull the upset. I think they can. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised, guys. I mean, they're playing really good football and never count out Chuck Gentry, coach defense, and uh, he'll have something ready for Oakland. Our official picks are Oakland, but we do believe that Lebanon will keep this thing close. Yeah, you know, looking at their game last week, uh, it – one thing that stood out to me is that they didn't get they didn't uh, get down and press when they were down to Riverdale, and they and they uh, took advantage of Riverdale mistakes. They can do the same thing to Oakland here. That's a big deal mentally, but when you have a mentality like that, that you don't care who's in front of you, that the score is all that matters. No, this Lebanon team is primed for primed to do some big things, not just this year, but next year as well. They've got a lot of talent coming back on that side of the ball, on both sides of the ball in 2022. So we'll be talking about the Blue Devils long into next year for sure. Beach and Hendersonville, it is a clean sweep on those picks. Hendersonville has all five of us picking them over Beach. Um, 
Middle Tennessee Christian against Nashville Christian. Reggie and Drake are on the Cougars. Everybody on this particular screen has Nashville Christian. And that brings us to our spotlight game of the week, Ravenwood at Summit. And before we get to that, we are officially into overtime. So wanted to make sure to point that out. Reggie has his pick ready. Let's go ahead and see it. So he he makes it a clean sweep. We've all got the Spartans over Ravenwood. And that does it for our picks for this week and who you got. So, guys, we have a little bit of time for the last word. So let's do it. A little bit different for the last word this week. Give me one team that you think has the best chance to pull an upset that we didn't pick. Tom, start. Wow. Oh, yeah. Thanks for throwing that to me first. The <laughs> ones we didn't pick. Uh, let's see. Yeah, you're going to make me have to scroll through and look at some of the games here. Um, <laughs> I flipped a coin and it came up as heads on you. <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate that. Uh, let's see. I don't know, guys. <laughs> I really don't know. Let's see. Well, we picked that. Roll the next uh, screen, Chris. Yeah, roll the next. Go on to Scott. I'm gonna have to come back, guys. All right, Scott, <laughs> you get you get the first pick now. Okay, great. Hey, thanks, Tom. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Are you? Were you driving that bus that just picked over me? Uh, oh, the I hear it. That I feel, <laughs> <do you? laughs> the team that I feel has. I, it will be real easy for me to say Paige because I picked uh, Green Hill. But let's talk about a team that uh, that uh, all of us. Uh, picked against and that's Ravenwood. I think Ravenwood does have a solid chance to win this weekend, uh, this Friday night. I think that their offense uh, with Chris Parson is, is better than it was when they met the first time. Um, and, you know, I, I don't think that the, the uh, Spartan offense is, is quite pro- produced the same way it did early in the season for, for one reason or another. Now it could be that they're gearing up for this run and change and trying some other things on their offense. But I think honestly that Ravenwood has a good solid chance. If they play the game and get a few breaks here and there, they could actually pull the upset here. Well, if we're talking about games that we did pick, I could go with either Watertown or Lebanon and, and make a case for either possibly pulling an upset, but for games that we didn't do and who you got, I'm going to go with Lausanne. I'm going to just go out there and say that, you know, CPA, we've seen them be very, very good at times this year. But, you know, they've had a hiccup or two along the way this year. you got to make the bus ride, you know, get off the bus and play what's a really good football team in Lausanne. So, you know, it's not a game I expect there to be an upset, but potentially it's there. I guess I'm going to take the cop out and take Trousdale County because, like I said, I went – back and forth on that game all day long. And history is something that can be hard to overcome. And Watertown's history the last three years in this quarterfinal round has not been good, quite frankly. And Crowstow County knows it, and they get to go over there and say, hey, we've done this three years in a row. We can do it again. And that may be the reason why Crowstow County pulls the upset. So I, I could totally see the Yellow Jackets getting there. And I think that the winner of that game is going to Chattanooga. I don't think that the other side of that bracket is going to put up – as good of a fight as the teams that they just beat. So, you know, getting past the second round is a massive win for both of those teams, and they're going to put on quite a show on Friday night. 
Well, let me ask you guys this, uh, just really quickly. Um, do you think that the fact that we're having so many close games just means that the the talent uh, level that have, have made it this far and that the restructuring and all that has has made things a little more even? Or do you think just it's just a product of the best teams are you know this year have made it? I think it's a little bit of both. But I'm going to throw in something you didn't necessarily mention, and that's unfamiliarity. There are some teams that are playing some new opponents that didn't see them on the field before and that may have given them a little bit more trouble uh, and then other teams would have in the past. So with new classifications, you get new alignments and new opponents here and there, and the playoffs, like we, said, like we just talked about in 2A. I mean, mm-hmm. playing those teams in the, in the second round as opposed to the semifinals was a big deal. So now, you know, whoever one of these teams plays in the semifinals is going to be a new team that they've not seen. Yeah, and I think I, I think the first couple of rounds, especially last week, we talked about the biggest difference in scores. This week, we're going to see more rematches. We're going to see more familiarity. Uh, we're going to see some rivalry games. Trials to Watertown is a rivalry game. Beach Hendersonville is a rivalry game. Uh, and I expect to be better, closer games this week. Teams that got beat the first go-round, they're not going to go so easily this time. Uh, I, I think this week will be much more competitive than what we saw in week two in particular. Good stuff, guys. A great show, as always. Uh, time to get out of here and get ourselves ready for the third round, the Division One quarterfinals and Division Two semifinals. Good luck to all the teams this week. After Friday, we will know who the six teams will be playing on Thursday of Blue Cross Bowl week will be. So that'll always be an exciting thing. And for all of you watching us out there, thank you very much for joining us for the Mid-State 48 Powered by 615 Preps. For Scott Burton, for Tom Duggan, I'm Chris Brooks. Enjoy the games this week. We will talk to you next week on the Mid-State 40 and Friday night on our final scoreboard show of the season. Take care. The Mid-State 48, powered by 615 Preps, is a production of B-Squared Media, LLC.